All right. Well, I'm going to start out with a little story. And uh, if you want to, you can go ahead and, and turn in your Bibles to Luke 6. Luke 6. But this is the story of Johnny, Sally, and the duck. There was a little boy visiting his grandparents, uh, and he was given his first slingshot. He practiced in the woods, but he could never hit his target. As he came back to grandmother's uh, backyard, he spied her pet duck. On an impulse, he took aim and let it fly, and the stone hit, and the duck fell dead. The boy panicked. Desperately, he hid the dead duck in the woodpile, only to look up and see his sister watching. Sally had seen it all, but she said nothing. After lunch that day, Grandma said, Sally, let's wash the dishes. But, so but Sally said, Johnny told me he wanted to help in the kitchen today. Didn't you, Johnny? She whispered to him, remember the duck. So Johnny did the dishes. Later, Grandpa asked if the children wanted to go fishing. Grandma said, I'm sorry, but I need Sally to help me make supper. Sally smiled and said, that's all taken care of. Johnny wants to do it. Again, she whispered, remember the duck. Johnny st stayed while Sally went fishing. After several days of Johnny doing both his chores and Sally's, finally he couldn't stand it. He confessed to Grandma that he had killed the duck. I know Johnny, she said, giving him a hug. I was standing at the window and saw the whole thing. Because I love you, I forgave you. But I wondered how long you would let Sally make a slave of you. <laughs> you know, so tonight I just want to talk a little bit about uh, the freedom that comes in forgiveness. And so, uh, you know, I was, this came, uh, dropped in my heart a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was just singing a um, little bit in English, a little bit in tongues, and all of a sudden something just dropped in my heart about the fact that unforgiveness makes you a victim instead of being the victor. And you know how you have that thought and you're like, wow, you know, that is so true. And you just start, you just think about it for a little bit, just thinking that that was between me and God and, and just realizing it is so true. You, you can look through in your life different things that people have said, different things that people have done, and it can stir this you know, resentment or frustration if you think about it or something happens, you... You just get, you know, unsettled. You're not really at peace uh, if you're, you know, if you haven't forgiven in that situation. And I realized that a lot of times it makes you stay in this place of victim. It makes you feel like somebody has done something wrong to you, and uh, you uh, just are bound. In that area, a lot of times it can change the way you see yourself. You can begin to believe that everybody sees you the way this one person talked, uh, you know, said that you were. And if you're not careful, you begin to set the standard for yourself lower because 
you know, somebody said something wrong to you and then you took it to heart and believed it. And so today I want us to look at Luke 6, 32 through 38. It says, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward, this is something I want you to see, your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your father also is merciful. The Bible says in, uh, 30, in verse 35 that you will have a great reward if you love your enemies. And uh, if you look at verse 37, it says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you uh, will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. But the part I wanted you to see again is that if you forgive, you will be forgiven. You know, God has forgiven all of us so much. All of, there's not one of us that has done everything perfect in our lives, never messed up, never done anything incorrect. We've all messed up and we've all needed the forgiveness of God to get us in right standing with him. You know, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, what the the first thing that we do is acknowledge that we need a Savior, acknowledge the fact that we aren't perfect. And so we go before God and say, I need you, I need your help. You are the one that uh, can take care of all my mistakes and you hand it over to him and then you let the past be the past and you move forward. And so that is the first example that we have with forgiveness is the forgiveness of God our Father. And then in turn, he is telling us it is okay for us to forgive other people. You know, but the thing is, is that sometimes when someone has done something wrong to you, it produces an emotion. How many of you have ever had something done to you that just made you mad? Um, probably all of us at some point. <laughs> I can say, you know, it's more than one time that that's happened in my life. <laughs> you know, that's just you know, being truthful. There are things that people do to you and it just really, really frustrates you. How could you, I would never do it that way. So how come you thought that was okay to do? Because, you know, obviously you should know better, you know, and then there's some things that are just flat out wrong that people have done. I mean, there's, there's things that, you know, it, you know, they did something really, really wrong, and that wrong can't be righted. You know, there's no way to turn that situation around, you know. Uh, there, there are some things that people have had to deal with that, uh, 
you know, you feel for them, and, and you can understand. You, you would justify them for still being angry and upset because this happened to them in their life. You know, uh, there's just a lot of different things that people go through that are fun. They're not happy things that we go through. And, you know, the devil is so mean. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, and he uses people many times to do that in our lives. And so there are things that have been taken from us um, sometimes that were not rightfully taken. And there have been things that, you know, we feel justified to be angry and to be upset. And uh, if you want to turn to Romans 12, you can start going there. The more that we think on those issues, the more frustration can begin to build and the more resentment that we can have with those people in our lives to the point where we never want to see them again, we never want to talk to them again, we don't want to be around them uh, because we are so hurt on the inside. And so uh, if we look uh, at Romans 12, 18 through 20, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. You know what? In a lot of situations, it just doesn't make sense to forgive someone. You know, we, in our world system, you know, we want to, you know, there's that Matthew 5, uh, 38. You have heard that it says, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And I tell you, not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. You know, there are just times where you just want to slap them back. And you want to let it be known that what they did was very jerk thing to do. And, and you're upset with them. And the last thing that you want to do is, you know, let it go. And just live peaceably with them. At that moment, you want your rights. <laughs> and you want you to be, uh, you know, this just is not fair. What you did was not fair. You know, a lot of times in marriage, you can have moments that what your spouse did was not fair. It just wasn't right. And, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of an emotion that's attached with that, you know want to make sure that you win in this instance <laughs> and the other person wants to make sure that they win and so then you've got two people trying to win in this situation and you are not living peaceably with each other and you know so how do you overcome those kind of things how what does that look like the bible says live peaceably with all men that is just doesn't seem like it's possible sometimes there are just some people that don't want to be at peace you know, you, they just, they're mad at the world, and it's just not easy. You know, there are some people, oh, my goodness, it is so fun to be around them all the time. You just love 
just hanging out with them, being in their presence. They make you feel good. You make them feel good. It is awesome. And then there's others that you're like, oh, do I have to go see them? <laughs> you know, all of us have situations where there are some people that are just grumpy all the time. And who wants to be around a grump all the time? If you're trying to live at peace and you're trying to have joy and then you have to be around grumpy so-and-so, you know, there are just certain people that make life easy and then there's other people that make life more difficult. And some people make you have to forgive lots more than others. <laughs> and so, you know, you're testing that scripture. How many times do I have to forgive in Matthew 18 when Peter says, you know, to Jesus, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times seven or up to seven times. And Jesus says, I don't say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. And you're like, what? <laughs> well, I think seven is, you know, pretty good. You know, 70 times seven. And there are just people in your life that require that 70 times seven. And then there's some people that you never even get to seven. <laughs> you're like, God, this just doesn't seem fair. But you know, God has a way of doing things. He asks us to forgive people, not because he wants to hurt us and not because he wants us to be wronged by someone and not because uh, he wants us hurt in any way, shape or form. He will tell us to forgive because it's actually to our advantage to forgive. You know, uh, I'm not here to to justify things that people have said or done in your life and say, hey, you know what? Everything has to be smoothed out because uh, that's the only way that you can forgive them. No, sometimes people really were jerks and sometimes people really did something really, really bad to you. And I, I'm not saying that that is not real, but on the other hand, the thing that I am saying is that sometimes when we do things God's way, there comes a freedom that begins to happen on the inside of us. Unforgiveness tends to make us go into this victim mode. You know, we begin to be at the mercy of the other person. We begin to uh, not be able to be happy until they have righted the wrong that they have done to us. And, you know, you can feel more and more resentment towards somebody because the longer that the, the time has passed where they haven't made it right, the more and more resentment that we can begin to feel. And then, we, then there comes this thing that, you know, you want to get even with them. You know, they hurt you, and you want to make them hurt the way they made you hurt. And so, you know, all of a sudden, the desire to do things God's way sometimes begins to be, um, you know, pushed to the side with the emotion of, I'm going to get even, and I'm going to do it now. You know, there's a, a scripture that... Um, that we read that said, vengeance is mine. And sometimes we feel like we're going to help God get that vengeance done through us. <laughs> you know? Forget about waiting on God to do it. We're just going to be his helper in this situation. 
but God is the one that he, his ways are done in such a way that it actually gives us a freedom. When we do things his way, when we choose to let go of bitterness and let go of uh, unforgiveness towards somebody, we are actually trusting him. We are actually allowing ourselves to move forward, to be able to think of the future rather than dwelling on the past. The devil loves us to think in the past. He wants us to remember everything that anyone has ever done to us, every hurt that you know has ever been done. He wants us to think of ourselves the way uh, we thought of ourselves 15 years ago, you know, the same way. He does not want us to grow and see who we are in Christ and take that position that we have in Christ. He wants us to be held back, and he will do that in the form of unforgiveness because what happens is we continue to look back and we we tend to go over and over and over this situation that happened to us. And we remember, you know, like uh, if, it, if it caused an insecurity in you in any way, shape, or form, that insecurity tries to follow you, tries to keep going with you from year to year to year. I can remember one time, actually for a long time, I had such an insecurity about singing. And, you know, I just... You know, it, when you train in something, you begin to realize uh, all the mistakes that you make. You know, the more knowledge you have on something, the more you realize what you're doing wrong. And so when, um, when I'm singing, a lot of times I can know if I'm hitting a pitch wrong, if I'm doing this wrong, you know, with uh, the placement of how I'm singing. There's all these different thoughts that can begin to go through my mind on what I'm doing wrong. Well, if you have somebody that is telling you you are doing it wrong consistently, or maybe you have a, um, an audition or something happens and you begin to feel like uh, you, know, you aren't as good as you were hoping that you would be, especially after you have trained for years trying to be good at something, and then someone lets you know that you're not measuring up to their standards, you can begin to, number one, believe them, but also have resentment that they would dare tell you something like that because it's just rude, <laughs> you know? You've put years into music. How in the world can you tell me that, you know, I'm not good? But at the same time, you begin to believe it. And I can remember dealing with different things for uh, years, just feeling like um, I'm just, you know, I can't hardly sing. And I know, I, I know there are amazing musicians out there. And so when you hear them sing and you, you see that standard up there, uh, you can begin comparing yourself to that. But then you can have other situations that begin to play and help you to realize and make you feel substandard, like you don't have something to give. And uh, anyways, I'm saying this to say that there comes a point where if you're not careful, you have held on to something that somebody has said and began to believe it and begin to shrink back from what God has given you 
as a talent and something that he wants to use through you to, um, to glorify his kingdom. And so I can remember, uh, I was so thankful. Jim uh, has been awesome. He has just been such a great encourager. He always says wonderful things about, you know, my singing. He's just been such a wonderful cheerleader in that sense. And um, between that and between realizing I have to just care about what God thinks and not about what other people think, you begin to get lighter and freer from things that were intended. Who is the one that wanted me to stop using music for, for God? It was the devil. He might have used different people uh, as far as prompted them to say things and then put it in my head, well, this is what they really mean and you're not good or anything like that. But the point is, is that God, he has a plan that doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. If we are sure of the fact that God loves us, he has something in store for us, we can uh, just kind of begin to shrug off things that are said and done to us because we realize that God is the one that really counts. What he thinks and his plan is what really matters in our lives. And it doesn't matter what somebody else thinks, even if, you know, sometimes, you know, you're in a spat. A lot of times when with your spouse, you will sometimes say something and you don't mean it at all. You, that's not what you really believe, but you say something and then they say something and you can start taking those things to heart and begin to believe them and then think that's how that they view me and they're thinking that's how you view them. And it creates this less than um, loving relationship between one another. And all it is, is it's something where the devil will try to come in and divide. Yet God, his intent for a marriage is for it to be happy, for it to be a relationship where the two of you are hooked up together and you are going forward to accomplish all that God has intended for you. He has a plan for each and every one of us, whether we're married or single, but the devil's going to do his best to get in there and try to thwart that plan in any way, shape, or form that he can. And the, one of the huge ways that he does it is through getting in there and causing a division, causing something to happen to where we feel frustrated and angry at someone. And then he is in turn, instead of us being focused on Jesus, Jesus has our back, he's for us, now all of a sudden we are focused on person on this person and we begin to look at the waves instead of staying focused on Jesus. We're, we're walking on the water doing great and then all of a sudden the waves, whoever it is that's in our life that has hurt us, they're holding us back, they're causing us not to triumph, they're causing us, they, don't they know? And all of a sudden as we have shifted our attention onto people, then we become, like I said, that victim, and we are bound. But as we keep our eyes focused on Jesus, hey, Jesus has my back. I'm telling you, the older I get and um, walk in my you know, relationship with God, the more I realize God never set things up to steal from me or to hold me back in any way, shape, or form. 
if he's telling me to forgive, it's because this is something that I need to do for me. It's not because he wants, like I said, he's not trying to um, make it better for someone else at my expense. He is telling me to do this because this is what's good for me. And he has a plan for my life, and this unforgiveness is holding me back. It's holding me back. It's, it's holding me into insecurity. It's, it's binding me in some way, shape, or form. And God is saying, if you let go, he can work. He works in you. He works in your heart. He begins to bring a peace. How many of you have ever experienced unforgiveness in a way to where you do not have peace? You're just frustrated. Every time you think about it, you're, you're upset. You're not happy. You're not living the life victorious. You're mad. <laughs> and the more you think about it, the madder you get. And you are being held back from all that God has for you. And so what God is saying is that, no, I'm not saying that what this person did is right. But what I am saying is that you Leave that in the past and begin to move forward. Move on into the destiny that God has for each and every one of us. Let go of the past. How many of you can remember something that happened to you when you were a kid? I think, you know, for some of us, that's a, a lot longer than others, you know, but something happened when you were a kid and you can still remember it. And it's, it was frustrating back then, and it's still frustrating today, <laughs> if you think about it. Th that is not the way that God wants. We're not to hold on to grudges, hold on to things that are going to bind us for the rest of our lives. That is not, you, you know, sometimes a parent can do something. I, I'm a parent. I am not a perfect parent. And you know what? My kids, when they get older, they may have some things that they're going to have to deal with and forgive me for. And, you know, but I, I'm doing the best that I can. But you know what? Sometimes our parents did the same thing. Sometimes they're doing the best that they know how and they still didn't do it right. And, you know, you can hold on to that and harbor resentment. Well, this is what my parents did to me. But now you're the parent and... Now you should have mercy <laughs> because you understand you need the mercy. But there's just different things. And I understand some, some level of things that have happened in a parent-child relationship that should have never happened. I'm not trying to diminish that in any way, shape, or form. But what I am saying is God wants us to let go so that we can stay on the path that he has for us. He does not want that weight holding you back anymore. And how do we get rid of it? It is to forgive and say, you know what? I am going to forgive you. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to go forward. I'm going to let that be something that, hey, God, you can take care of it because, you know, if there's a way to take vengeance, you're probably better at it than me anyways. And so I'm just going to let you handle that. <laughs> you're going to be really, really good at it. I might mess it up. <laughs> so I'm going to let you be the one in charge of vengeance, and I'm going to keep going forward. And in turn, we can have this peace, this um, joy, 
that we are supposed to live in at all times. There's things that begin, we are just letting it fall off of us and we're moving forward in what that he has for us to do. You know, our lives are so short and you know, when you're 10, you, you have a different perspective on that compared to as you get older. The, the older you get, the more and more you realize time is short, it goes fast. And so we have this certain amount of time. We want to give it all to God. We don't want, let, we don't want to let things hold us back and, and cause us to not be able to run our race and do all that God has for us. You know, as we are moving forward, it allows us to, to walk in victory. God says in um, 2 Corinthians 2, 14, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. You know, he is leading us in triumph. It's, he's not leading us in defeat. Unforgiveness doesn't lead you in triumph. Forgiveness leads you in triumph. It feels good sometimes, but not really to hold on to a grudge and to be frustrated with someone. It feels good because you want to make them pay, but ultimately the one that is paying is you. You're the one that is being held in bondage in that situation. And so, you know, if you want to look at it like this, you are freeing yourself from that bond, bondage from that person. You're not letting that person, they had maybe this little bit of time where they, um, you know, had done something wrong to you, but you're not going to let them have years upon years upon years of having uh, this weight on top of you from something that they did or something that they said. You are going to free yourself from that. Get not allow them to have that place anymore. Not allow them to have that power over you. Um, unforgiveness is giving power to that other person or that situation in your life. It's allowing that rather than God to be able to help you to go forward. It's holding you back rather than going forward. And so God has done things and said things in our word, in his word, and then he has asked us to do things, but he didn't ask us to do it in and of our own strength. He didn't say, you need to forgive. I know it's hard, but just do it. That's not how he works. He says, you know, this is good for you to forgive, and I am going to help you. You know, Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I just don't feel like I can forgive so-and-so. It's, it's not something that you have to do in and of yourself. It's something that if you give it over to God and say, God, can you help me forgive? Can you help me let go of this situation? Help me to be able to move forward. Help me to trust you that you will take care of the vengeance part and I will take care of living my life the way that you have for me to live, the way that you, to run my race the way that you want me to run it. And as you do that, you open the door for him to come in and take all the hurt, take all 
the pain and the suffering that you have had and just cause it to melt away. And it's so wonderful, it's so beautiful. And then when you are, if you are in the presence of someone that has hurt you, you can hold your head high because you are not bound by what they've said, you're not bound by what they've done, you are a child of God Almighty and you go in their presence with confidence and boldness. Boldness, knowing that God, what he thinks of you, what his plans are for you, what he sees in your future, what he wants to do through you, and you are no longer uh, underneath. You are no longer um, under their feet, but instead you are standing tall and strong and bold and you can be in the presence of whoever it is. You don't shrink back in any way, shape, or form because you know that God loves you and his peace is in you and you have his joy all the time. And he is ready and willing to help us get to that point in our lives.